No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where David is chastened by God for his sin. He describes his severe anguish, but also puts his hope in the Lord to deliver him. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. What is the role of conscience? And what value is there in guilt? Coming to terms with the truth about ourselves can be hard, but tremendously cathartic. It can mean the difference between death and life. We can have a personal renaissance if we will humble ourselves beneath the testimony of conscience and the truth of God. Psalm 38 is the third of seven penitential psalms, meaning that it is a prayer of confession. It could be that David was writing about the aftermath of his adulterous affair with Bathsheba, but he doesn't say. He does, however, describe the consequences of God's hand being heavy against him. Now, not all suffering is the result of sin, but there are times when God disciplines or chastens his children as any loving father does. David experienced God's chastening hand and wrote about it. In the process, he confesses his sin and puts his hope in the Lord. Psalm 38, a psalm of David, to bring to remembrance. Now, David calls God to remember him and his situation because of God's love for us. If he remembers us, then it will be to do something to help us. So great is his compassion. But we, in turn, must also call to remembrance what we have done, especially when we have sinned against God. Confession is good for the soul, and it opens the door for God's forgiveness, mercy, and grace. Warren Wiersbe points out that when we suffer the consequences of our sins, there are three ways we can respond. We can focus on ourselves, we can focus on others, or we can focus on the Lord. Now, at first, David focuses on himself and his pain. Verse 1, O Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure, for your arrows pierce me deeply, and your hand presses me down. Now, the truth is that chastening or discipline is an expression of God's love. God treats us as his own children. He disciplines us as our loving father. But David said, look, I understand that you may need to rebuke me. You may need to discipline me, but Lord, not in your wrath. Do it in your love, Lord. And he said, for your arrows pierce me deeply and your hand presses me down. F.B. Meyer says that when God's holy law is driven home by the Spirit, we are like hunted deer. God uses the Word of God, His law, to pierce our hearts, to convict us of sin. And so when that happens, we may feel that God's hand is heavy against us. He's chastening us. The pangs of conscience are 
painful. But Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. The best thing you can do is just say, Okay, Lord, I'm going to receive this. I'm going to accept the justice of what you're doing. I'm going to humble myself and allow you to do what you're going to do. And then God will forgive you and exalt you in due time. Verse 3. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin, for my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are full of inflammation, and there's no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. So no soundness in my flesh. Everything is sick inside, David is saying. Now, this would correspond to that period of time after David had sinned with Bathsheba, and there was about a year before Nathan the prophet busted him on that. And he's going through this time of physical sickness and pain, but probably emotional pain as well. He said, my iniquities are over my head. Just that sense that everything was going to come crashing down at any moment. And he didn't know how or when. It was too heavy for him to bear. I think about Cain. When Cain slew Abel and God said, you're going to wander about as a vagabond because of what you've done. And Cain said, well, that punishment is too heavy for me to bear. That's the way David felt here. My wounds are foul and festering. Just the stench of his wounds. And he mourned all the day long. You see, David was a man of integrity and he had violated that integrity and he tried to just cover it all up. And he was living a lie. And so he was dealing with just the weight of his guilty conscience, mourning over what he had done. And there seemingly was no way out. His stomach was inflamed. We can just imagine probably ulcers over what was going on. And then he said, I am weak and broken. You know, David was a mighty warrior, strong against Goliath, against the various enemies. He fought the Lord's battles, but here... He was weak. And that's what sin will do to a person. It will just make them weak and broken. Verse 9. Lord, all my desire is before you, and my sign is not hidden from you. My heart pants. My strength fails me as for the light of my eyes. It also has gone from me. Now, this is the good thing about David. David understood that there was nothing He could hide from God. And that's an important realization. We hide nothing from God. So we might as well be absolutely transparent and honest with him and tell him how we really feel. He already knows. He said, Lord, all my desire is before you. You know me better than I know myself. And you know my sighing. Now, why do people sigh? Usually because they're upset or angry or depressed or just overwhelmed. And he's saying, Lord, you know every sigh that I sigh and the reason for it. And you know that my strength has failed me. 
and the light has vanished from my eyes. Now, he could be talking about just that light in a person's eyes when you see and you know, sort of the twinkle in their eye. Or it could be that he's saying that all the, the light that you have given me to know how I should step, it's gone. And I don't know where I should step now. Now, second, David focuses on others and the loneliness he feels. Verse 11, my loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague and my relatives stand afar off. Those who seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek my hurt speak of destruction and plan deception all the day long. But I, like a deaf man, do not hear. And I am like a mute who does not open his mouth. Thus, I am like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth is no response. And so David first feels the loneliness because his friends have forsaken him. It seems that when the enemies come out, the friends leave, you know, and so that's the way it was. His friends, his relatives treated him like he had the plague and they were going to catch it themselves, you know, like he was a leper for they forsook him and left him alone. And then his enemies were laying a trap for him plotting against him, seeking his life, seeking to deceive him. So what could he do? You know, as they would bring their accusations, probably he knew that it was true. So there was really nothing that he could say. So he just turned a deaf ear to what they were saying and kept his mouth shut. Third, David focuses on the Lord and receives his forgiveness and mercy. Verse 15, for in you, O Lord, I hope you will hear, O Lord, my God. For I said, hear me, lest they rejoice over me, lest when my foot slips, they exalt themselves against me. So David knew that he could ultimately hope in the Lord. He knew the Lord's love enough, his loving kindness. And he knew that because this chastening was coming from God, he was receiving the consequences of his sin that ultimately God was the one who could forgive and restore him. And I think about when my son was young and I would discipline him. And, you know, we had the, the paint paddle. That was <laughs> the five gallon uh, stir stick was the the uh, discipline instrument. And uh, and he would sometimes resist me. And I said, don't resist me because it's going to make it harder on you. Uh, but then there would be those times when he just sort of relaxed and just he knew he had it coming. And so he'd just receive it. And uh, and then he'd just say, Dad, I'm sorry. Uh, and I won't do that again. And, you know, ultimately, that's all I ever wanted. The only purpose of uh, uh, bringing out the rod, as it were, was to to get to that point of of humble repentance and brokenness and a desire not to do that again. And, and you know what? That's the same way, I'm sure, with God. He may have to bring out the chastening paddle, as it were, but uh, he ultimately wants us just to put our trust in him and recognize that he's right and he wants what's best for us and that his way is right. And so David said, Lord, I will hope in you. You will hear me. For I said, hear me, lest they rejoice over me, lest when my foot slips, they exalt themselves against me. So, Lord, don't listen to my enemies. Listen to my cry and remember me so that they don't triumph over me or that they don't use my sin 
as a, a reason to uh, sin themselves. For I am ready to fall, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare my iniquity. I will be in anguish over my sin. So David felt that he was falling under the weight of all this. He was sorrowful. The godly sorrow that brings repentance, that leads to a personal revival. And now he was confessing his sin, declaring his iniquity. But my enemies are vigorous and they are strong. And those who hate me wrongfully have multiplied. Those also who render evil for good, they are my adversaries because I follow what is good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, do not be far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. So in contrast to David's weakness, his enemies were vigorous. And I think about our enemy, Satan. He's relentless and vigorous, you know, and even when we are weak. And they return evil for the good that I've done them because I choose to follow good. And, you know, that's the way it is. If you choose to follow the Lord, you choose to do the right thing. It's like the enemies will come out of the woodwork and they'll oppose you. So what do you do? You do what David did. You turn to the Lord. Lord, in you, I hope. You know, forgive me. You're my strength. You're the one who can heal me. You're the one who can restore me. So make haste to help me. Come to my rescue, O Lord, my salvation. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where David decides to be silent before the wicked, but he cannot hold his peace. What he finally says may surprise you. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.